It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Criterion Project. Today, we are talking about Duck Soup, the Marx Brothers classic. I am Conrado Falco, and I am joined, as always, by the great and lovely Rachel Wagner. How are you doing, Rachel? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing pretty well as well. Um, Yeah, ready to talk some... A zany comedy. <laughs> yeah, this could be really interesting to talk about this one. Uh, it's uh, it's one of those classics, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we feel like it holds up. Yeah. Um, before we get started, um, I think we should probably mention that we were both guests on one of your friends' show. Yes. Um, to talk about the 1953 version of War of the Worlds. And the name of that show is Every Version Ever. Am I getting it right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's on um, my friend Jonathan's podcast. And we'll put a link in the description so people can check that out. But that was a lot of fun uh, to to talk with him about it. And uh, it was, I, I enjoyed watching the film. So it was just a, a fun night all around. <laughs> yeah, it was a great conversation. And you can... Check that out if you go uh, search on your podcast app or wherever, whatever you use yeah. to get podcasts. You can search every version ever. Yeah, and it's a podcast that goes, like, talks about uh, literature works, right, and all mm-hmm. the all the different adaptations of right. them. Right, so I think it's a cool idea for a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got started doing uh, Alice in Wonderland, and that was his first one, and he did. Uh, over probably over 30 i mean a lot of versions of alice wonderland and then he did uh wizard of oz uh, he's done a whole bunch uh, with uh with his channel so and his podcast so it's it's really fun it's really fun we uh me and jonathan cover doctor who together on my channel so we uh you know, we have a lot of fun doing that so there you go mm-hmm yeah, and yeah. so yeah it was a fun movie uh it's a it's a nice movie to talk about because it has deeper themes but it's also kind of fun spectacle type of movie it's very 1950s so it was a mm-hmm. there was a lot of points for discussion yeah definitely i had a great time uh talking about it going on the podcast so um you guys who are listening should check it out yeah uh, so gee have you been watching anything else on criterion channel um actually let me see let me see let me see what i've been watching i've been watching last time i talked about albert brooks remember uh i mm-hmm. talked about the mother and i've been watching some of the other albert brooks movies that are available on the channel uh-huh. um i watched two of them one is modern romance which is kind of a uh, i don't know if i would call that romantic comedy i mean it is has romance in it and it is a comedy but it's kind of one of those uh, more cynical ones kind of in the style of like Annie Annie Hall or something Mm -hmm. like that you know Um, I thought it was very funny even though it was definitely the relationship at the center of the story uh, is not (laughs) an idyllic one I would say it's not what you would see in your typical uh, romantic comedy and 
the other one that I watched is called Real Life. And this one was so far my favorite. I thought this movie mm. was so funny. It's kind of a, it's kind of a very early mockumentary um, from 1979. Um, I don't know if you know about this show called, I think it was called American Family or something like that. It came out in the 70s and was kind of like the first reality television sort of thing. I think it aired on PBS and it kind of followed a family. And that's kind of like one of the early reality TV kind of things. And this movie is a, is a parody of that. And it's kind of Albert Brooks plays himself as kind of like a Hollywood guy who says he wants to take that to the next level. And he, uh, you know, he wants to capture the reality of, of life. And obviously the whole mockumentary, it's about how it's impossible to capture reality when you're doing a movie because the minute you bring the family starts acting in different ways and they don't like the way they're being portrayed and the, and the director you know Albert Brooks is trying to get them to do dramatic stuff for the camera to make it a good movie so it's you know it's kind of a Hollywood filmmaking satire but also touches on so many things and I thought it was very very funny I was surprised to see how much of the comedy that we've seen in the last 10 or 20 years it all seems to be coming from this Mm-hmm. And you know, this seems to be the kernel of all that. So mm-hmm. that impressed me a lot. I would really recommend that. Real mm-hmm. life. I actually haven't seen either of those, believe it or not. So I definitely have to get with it and see them. Yeah, they yeah, sound really good. You, you seem to be an Albert Brooks fan, from what I you know. Think. So I would be ever curious to to see what you what you think of these because I think these are a little uh, more bitter than the other ones. I think he might have gotten a little softer with age. These are kind of his mm-hmm. earlier movies. Yeah. Uh, well, that'd be interesting. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, I watched uh, on the Criterion channel, I watched Fun with Dick and Jane, the original, because I have long felt that the remake with Jim Carrey and Tay Leone is very underrated. I I really enjoyed it and I thought it was really funny and uh, at the, they have a lot of digs at uh, at things like the uh the the um Enron scandal and the uh the the uh, bailouts and things like that and and that I thought were funny and so I was curious to see this original and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't really like it I thought that it was uh really didn't hold up well uh, it has a lot of homophobic jokes and has a lot oh. of just culturally insensitive things yes it was made in a different time and i realized that 1977 but it has a scene in blackface like it just oh, a wow. lot of stuff that i don't know it just wasn't that funny and I didn't think that George Seagal or Jane Fonda had that good of chemistry. So I actually mm. prefer the remake. I think it's better. Interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say with comedy, it, you know, things, I feel like it's one of the genre ages. Uh, it's the, the most poorly, the poorliest. I don't know. How yeah. You but but it's really tricky right speaking of that um maybe we can get into our discussion of duck soup famously a comedy from the 1930s and um is that a good place to start like you think there's like has how has it aged in your opinion um i think it's aged pretty well because it's so broad 
whereas something like fun with dick and jane isn't as broad and so like the fact that the characters are so unlikable and it's just i don't know it's not as funny i think that the sort of the broader that you get uh with the slapstick and the silliness i think that age is better in my opinion mm. than than like a lot of some of the other types of humor yeah um, that's an interesting thought uh because the movie uh this one is you know the mark it's i feel like it's almost completely anarchic right it's like totally cartoony the broadest mm. comedy it's all like puns and very silly puns yeah. and that and and wordplay and and almost like some surreal uh really out there gags that you uh, that i would expect to see more so in like cartoons or something like when he shows the tattoos and then the dog you know his tattoo of a dog of a dog house and then the dog a dog comes out of the dog dog house and barks mm -hmm. um and that kind of thing um well, i i was very curious to hear what you would think because i know you you really enjoy things like the looney tunes and to me this is a lot of that kind of humor but it's more what well, it's obviously live action. And uh, I, I particularly love the scene where <laughs> anything to do with the, with the man with the carts and that, that whole scene where they, they end up swapping, uh, swapping hats and mm -hmm. they, they think that the man with the cart always ends up with the wrong hat on his head. And I don't know, it goes right. back and forth, back and forth. I thought just something like that is to me really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I had a great time. I had seen this movie once before, um, but it had been, and I didn't remember too much of it. So happy to to revisit it, and I was really mm -hmm. I had a great time. I was laughing. Um, my wife was next to me when I was watching it, but I was watching my computer, and she was only listening to it. I don't know. I think she was doing work or mm -hmm. something, and she kept like laughing and saying like, "Who's the who's." saying this joke like this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard <laughs> which is yeah funny. i think especially anything with harpo is particularly funny when he gets into the, the lemonade and it's just like <laughs> the guy's like freaking out that to me was funny i think that's funnier than the groucho stuff even though i still think that's pretty funny with uh the whole uh him being the new uh new mm -hmm ruler of this country uh i i think that that that's funny but i my favorite part is is harpo in the in his ridiculousness oh well that's i think this is kind of like what shows our difference because i was going to say my, my favorite is probably groucho and all of the mm -hmm. i just love all of the jokes that he makes and and um i just feel like his great he's just so quick and and so many jokes one after another and and every joke is sillier and dumber than the last and i just said that this yeah so like i loved chico and harpo as the spies <laughs> they're like these terrible spies yeah. and like i said anything when they were with that vendor guy was mm -hmm. i thought really funny and yeah. yeah that was really funny i thought and uh i loved i did love though groucho with the um mirrors that whole scene is brilliant well yeah i think we can get into all of that that scene seems to be the the most memorable one at, of the movie for a lot of people and mm -hmm. with good reason um but um maybe before we get into it should we talk a little bit just about 
what the movie is about or the plot mm-hmm. of the movie, if there's any to it, do you want to give it a, <laughs> a try? Um, so uh, basically, Groucho finds out that he is the uh, heir apparent, I guess, to running this uh, this nation called Fredonia, and uh, and he so he comes in. And uh, he ends up basically by the end of it declaring war on the neighboring country. And there's this wealthy woman who is uh, trying to convince him to not declare war. And the whole thing is just basically like a political farce against, you know, diplomacy and war and different things. I mean, this is 1933. Uh, But then he has, this one has all four of the Marx brothers in it, Gracho, Harpo, uh, Chico, and Zeppo. And mm-hmm. you have Chico and Harpo that are these spies uh, trying to <laughs> trying to uh, stop Groucho and uh, and Fredonia and looking into everything and they're being ridiculous. And yeah. um, that's the main plot is he's mm-hmm. brought over to be to rule this country. Yeah, so so Groucho is kind of like the dictator of Fredonia. Harpo mm-hmm. and Chico are spies, and Zebo is kind of just in the back. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that that pretty much covers it. One thing that you didn't mention, it's interesting potentially for the movie, is that at the beginning, um, we see the movie opens with kind of like the Fredonia. Uh, I don't know, like the Senate or something like that, like all the politicians or, or the bankers or something. And the the lady, um, played by Margaret Dumont, who always plays like this stuffy old lady in the Marx Brothers movies, mm-hmm. um, she comes and she's a millionaire and she says, well, I will bail out Fredonia, which is in massive debt, but only if you install Groucho as the leader, right? Which mm-hmm. I thought made me think that this was going to be potentially an interesting movie like you were saying politically like oh you know like about how like the millionaire woman he just gets to pick whoever she wants to be the president that's interesting Uh, and then of course what happens is that the marx brothers comes in and they're all completely anarchic and they uh because as a dictator groucho is not like he's not like a parody of a dictator kind of in the way that you would see in like maybe like Chaplin, the great dictator Mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's more like he just, he doesn't really seem to even want the job. Like he almost doesn't look, seem like a human at all, right? He's just like a totally anarchic person who just does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. He just seems to be wanting to flirt with ladies and then insult rich people and get away with whatever he wants. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I was wondering, like, is there a message underneath this or is just the message that the fact that everything is just crazy and, and anarchic in itself? I think the message is that, uh, there's, that wars, I think there's definitely a message that war is stupid and, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the whole, uh, the whole idea of this the the, the diplomacy and how uh, it breaks down over the silliest things and you have the whole to war to war sequence uh, mm-hmm. that and so I I don't know I think that the idea that 
the I I don't know the the things that we go to war over, and the things that uh, we uh, that we get involved in uh, are pretty dumb. And if you think about it, that you know how could you not kind of feel a little bit that way post World War One, you know, where mm-hmm. a lot of the reasons that they went to war were so silly uh, that there wasn't the same kind of moral gravitas that you had in world war two yeah 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 totally it it just yeah like i feel like that was the a big part of the reaction to world war one after it was done was kind of this feeling of like what why did we even go to war like was this wasn't worth it at all mm-hmm. right um which um i think was probably kind of a new-ish feeling at the time. I feel like before then, wars were much more framed in much more patriotic or terms. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and I yeah. think that, yeah, and that also explains what I was reading about the movie, that it initially was kind of a modest hit, but was also considered a bit of a flop. Uh, and it was really rediscovered in the in the 60s by kind of like the hippies and the and the youth culture that were against the war in Vietnam, you know, which makes kind of sense, kind of like that whole uh, uh, that whole trend of like majority and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the I think that maybe in recent years we've kind of lost the ability to uh to make fun of our leaders because we have a leader that people are so afraid of embracing you know that they're so and he's such a not great leader that i think that that i don't know i just feel like we've lost this ability to like say anything funny about the situation and uh, yeah. and so to see something like this it kind of reminds you of like oh okay that's that's mm-hmm. what you can do yeah 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 totally and and, and i think I, I totally what you're saying and i it really requires a very I would say fearless and a in this case a totally anarchic um specific mm-hmm. point of view to make yeah. fun of, of politics and leaders. I feel like a lot of the time, uh, I think there's a lot nowadays that prevents things like this from, from made and being successful and good. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it has to do with like, sometimes it feels like we have gone beyond any kind of parody, but also you see something like, I don't know, Saturday Night Live and those things. And I feel like they're completely toothless and they don't yeah. really know what they're doing. And, and, the, and you know. Because and, I think they're um, afraid. I think they're afraid of being seen as somehow either enabling or uh, or encouraging in any kind of way. And uh, in in this case, there was a certain bravery in these kinds of just we're just going to go for it. And I mean, uh, Mussolini. I was reading that he took the movie as like a direct insult, that he was right. very angry about it. And mm-hmm. uh, and so you know that's the kind of thing that that uh, that you know, this kind of thing inspires. Yeah. yeah. Interesting because it's not like he there, it's not like we said, like I was saying, it's not the great dictator, right? It's not like it's a one-to-one comparison to any specific leader, but the fact that he saw himself threatened by the movie 
I think it it speaks for the movie by itself, you know, um, mm-hmm. that that it's effective in that way. I guess Chico, his character is called Chicolini, which maybe it's kind of like a little similar. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. But um, just yeah, I love I love the line Chicolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, <laughs> yeah. but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's um, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, the other thing that I hadn't realized about this movie, um, I don't know if you will uh, remember this, but I had my first encounter with anything to do with Duck Soup, I just discovered watching this was actually an episode of Animaniacs, which is basically a, a retelling or like a parody of this uh, of the move of this movie, I don't know if you you know that mm-hmm. show from the nineties. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, in which like Yakko and and think are kind of like the leaders of two different countries, and they start fighting each other, and they go to war. And um, and when I was watching the movie this time around, I was like, oh, this is just like Animaniacs. They were totally like just doing an homage to this movie, um, which I hadn't put together. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, I haven't really thought about the fact that that Anna, Animaniacs has a similar sort of, it's even about, they're even siblings. In yeah. The, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, definitely, yeah, Phoenix definitely feels, now that I made the connection, 100% inspired by the kind of like mm-hmm. anarchic Marx that you just put them in a situation and they make everything go crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just reading here that I guess the movie didn't do as well as uh as Monkey Business had done in Horse Feathers, uh, but mm-hmm. it was still uh a successful film. And uh that I that at this point they were right in the, the heat of the um Great Depression, and so that was part of the uh the response as well it says here leonard malton he says mm-hmm. as, he says as wonderful as monkey business horse feathers and duck soup seem today some critics and moviegoers found them unpleasant and longed for the more orderly world of the coconuts with its musical banalities many right thinkers laughed themselves so silly in 1933 but a large number didn't the unrelieved mm-hmm. assault of marxian comedy was simply too much for some people so yeah interesting that's very interesting um leonard malton actually wrote a essay about a night at the opera which is the next uh marx brothers movie after this one and he wrote it for criterion uh dot com actually or i think it was written for the criterion release of a night at the opera and it's now posted on the criterion website mm-hmm. um which is very, very interesting and very illuminating about kind of this history and popularity of the Marx Brothers. So like you were saying, the Marx Brothers were working at Paramount around this time and they had a couple of very big hits. Horse Feathers, which came out in 1932, so the year before Duck Soup, that was the most successful Paramount movie for that year. So the expectations for Duck Soup were pretty high. And when it wasn't the most successful Paramount movie, um, even though it still made some money, it just was seen as a disappointment and kind of that put an end to the Marx Brothers at Paramount. And they were, I guess they weren't very happy with their uh, contract there because um, what's this guy's name? Irving Talberg, who worked at MGM, came to Groucho and he said, 
I'm going to make you a movie in which you're going to, it's going to be so much more successful because I'm going to take you Marx Brothers and I'm going to make the audience root for you. And that's kind of what he changed in the night at the opera. Have you seen the night at the opera, Rachel? I never have. Room service is the one I've seen. Room service. Yes. So that's probably from the MGM era, um, which is, I saw Night of the Opera when I saw Duck Soup for the first time. Those are the two that I have mm-hmm. seen. So I don't remember too much, but what Malton says, which I think sounds correct to what I remember, is that they kind of introduce uh, love interests and, and like straight men and, and lead roles and they're playing more supporting characters and there's more like more of a plot and more of a um, musical numbers yeah. and kind of, like you were saying, they kind of like tone it down a little bit. They kind of like have a more mainstream comedy and they just put the Marx Brothers in here and there to do some crazy stuff. Um, and that was a huge hit. But what you get in Duck Soup and the earlier movies is like this really, really condensed Marx Brothers craziness the whole time, right? Duck Soup is like, what, is it like an hour and 10 minutes long? It's, it's yeah. a very short movie. 68 minutes according to uh, yeah really short yeah very short and it is kind of like a freight train that doesn't stop right it's just like jokes and and then it's over which Mm -hmm. i personally kind of love yeah i think we get too concerned with plot sometimes and and uh instead of just enjoying the the sort of the the numbers the comic set pieces you might call them uh, that that people that are so skilled especially physical comedy like this that they do and and sometimes they get too worried I think about packaging uh, a, sort of a plot around uh, those characters and something like this would probably now be more certainly would now be more suited to television than uh, or streaming than it would be for feature film but uh, but uh, it doesn't really the 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 plot is just a means to an end to get you through these different comedic set mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that's also another thing that maybe um, I don't love about a lot of more modern comedies is kind of how uh, they are tied up to reality or to plot a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and 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 they're just not, in my opinion sometimes not as funny you know like uh this kind of thing and like obviously the looney tunes which i love and things like mm-hmm. that really seem to be built around just gags and and funny ideas like wouldn't it be funny if this happened in a movie and then they kind of build the movie around that and the yeah. is really not as important the only one that i can think of just off the top of my head recently that i felt i feel like maybe captures a little bit of this is something like game night you know where it's kind of like one sort of comic set piece after another after another and yeah there's like a thin plot but it doesn't really matter it's all about what's happening to these people and it sort of has that feeling of sort of physical uh, comedy uh, in there that uh that you sometimes don't uh, see as much these days yeah physical comedy definitely something that um has kind of really gone away in in since you know I guess ever since sound came along, it's just been less and less of that, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't yeah. even think of the last time I, of a 
physical well i guess the last time i saw like a really memorable physical comedy gag was in the wolf of wall street i don't know if you've seen that one i when, haven't but i know about it yeah when leonardo dicaprio takes the quaaludes i think and then he's trying to get on his car but he's totally like slumping on the floor that was pretty pretty good i don't love the movie yeah. but it was really funny um yeah i mean i actually think that you get some of this still going on in animation uh this type of physical comedy i mean as much as i'm not the biggest fan of the minions i think that some of their type of comedy sort of brings back to this sort of silent era or post-silent era you know they don't speak uh english they don't Mm -hmm. speak they don't speak anything um and they make just kind of broad uh jokes (laughs) that people like Uh, and there's a bunch of different kind of examples of you know i feel like an animation of those kinds of those kinds of characters and so maybe we've sort of relegated that kind of humor more towards more children in these days i don't know but yeah um, that sounds right but it would make sense because i mean some especially harpo is a very childlike character mm-hmm. yeah so this movie was actually posted on criterion channel as part of the saturday matinee which is kind of the family section so mm-hmm. what would you what would you say about that do you feel like this is a family movie Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has those themes of politics and other things like that uh, for for adults to enjoy. But I think that kids probably will enjoy it the most. Uh, that uh, I mean, it's it's especially things like Harpo getting in the, the lemonade, you know, I mean, then driving people crazy. I mean, I think kids love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just yeah I guess so it's just such an anarchic and and it's so much energy in the movie I would say and it's Mm -hmm. just like you know non-stop it's so quick that I think even being an older movie which I think sometimes are paced slower and children can have uh, difficulty with that I feel like this is that's true that that won't be an issue I loved Um, all the jokes about his uncle that lives in Texas (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and the axis <laughs> yeah that made um, me laugh yeah the, 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 so funny um there are a couple of things uh very few of them talk, going back to how we started the conversation about how things age and how comedy ages mm-hmm. um there were only really two things that i saw that could be seen as kind of like uh seriously or, or like problematic in a serious way rather than just like whatever kind of mm-hmm. thing um but surprisingly surprisingly few for a 1930s comedy i i would say um, um yeah one of them is um a reference to a, a song that was apparently really popular back then called um something like that's how darkies were born or something like that oh, oh yeah yeah which is just a, it's kind of like the punchline to a joke that i feel like now makes very little sense even less sense than before because it's just about how popular that song was i feel like right is is the joke um so you know it's it's not a it's kind of an offensive song now especially um but um the joke is not really about race i would say um so it's kind of just a little bit confusing like i i went like huh what is that and then i googled it and then i was like oh i get it um and the other thing which i feel like it maybe it's a 
um, a question is the big musical number with we're going to war, which kind of seems to devolve into a kind of like a uh, with kind of it's not a minstrel. Nobody is in blackface, but there is kind of like they are singing this kind of minstrel song and they're playing banjos and whatever, which I think some people have seen as a little bit, uh, you know, insensitive. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I'm not an expert at that sort of thing. I think it's kind of similar to like what Mel Brooks does in the producers, you know, springtime for Hitler, or, you know, this kind of political, uh, political commentary. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I kind of looked at it as similar to that. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I feel, I feel like maybe the fact that it's not as pointed as it is in something like the producers, which, I feel like the satire element of that is very clear, at least when I watch it. Mm -hmm. And here it just, just because the tone of the movie is just like anything is possible. Everything goes, we're just yeah. making jokes about everything and, and average, anything that we think of, we're just going to do. Um, it just feels a little bit like, wait, what's going on here? You know, like I was like, oh, is this yeah. like a little insensitive? I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe a little bit. Um, yeah well and also you have to kind of put on your comedy hat when you watch something like this because uh, i don't know i was reading one review and she was like oh he's being so mean to the lemonade vendor guy and, and, mm -hmm. and grouch is being so mean to the to the woman who's just trying to stop a war and i'm like it's just for fun <laughs> like, like don't take it so seriously like you have to kind of put on your i don't know like <laughs> yeah I think for this especially, I mean, this person that you're talking about, she's not wrong. They are being very mean, but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of part of the, that's kind of the whole point of the movie. Like, it's just, and I think this speaks again to kind of the thing that Leonard Maltin was writing, right? Like that they are just these like totally crazy characters that if you're, that it's really, you could easily not be on board with them, right? You'd be like, why are they being so mean to the lemonade guy? Yeah. He didn't do anything wants to sell his lemonade yeah. so seems like that's kind of the thing that they adjusted later on that makes them made them even more popular was yeah. turning them into people that were i guess they kind of became supporting characters that were just trying to help a couple of lovers get together which is a very traditional way of doing comedy yeah yeah well what do you think about the uh, pretentiousness a scale oh, for this oh, one pretentiousness scale. so that's a great question because i feel like this is very very unpretentious i can't yeah. think of i guess uh, maybe if you want to make the 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 case that they because they are trying to say something about politics or making fun of politics that makes it a little bit pretentious or more than a zero but even their approach to that is very very chaotic and unpretentious and kind of like just let's make people laugh right like again comparing it to great dictator that ends with that big monologue that is very pretentious um this is nothing like that yeah yeah i agree i gave it a two i think it's it's very it's almost the opposite of pretension it's for it's almost childlike in its kind of mm -hmm. uh approach and whimsy and everything so uh yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's it's very pretentious. I think you're totally right. This is almost like the the aggressively unpretentious, right? Like they're trying to bring everything that is like a little pretentious down to earth mm -hmm. and like puncture that bubble. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, did you have a remake idea? 
Um, I kind of did actually. Um, so um, many years ago, back when I was still living in Peru, I went to see a play called An Evening with Groucho Marx or something. What's the name of the play? Mm-hmm. And this is around the time that I first watched the movies. It was because I watched the play that then I was like, oh, I, I want to see some of these movies. But the idea of the play was basically, it was like a Marx, it was a tribute to the Marx Brothers. So it was like a Marx Brothers movie, but as a play. And then they would just kind of like repeat certain gags or like remake them for the stage, um, which, was kind, which was pretty funny. Um, there was, there's a, I don't know which movie it's in, but there's a, a scene that is pretty well known in which they're in a, I think they're in a boat and they're in a very small room in the boat and people kept coming to the room and they keep letting people into the room, even though it's incredibly crowded and the room just gets crowded and crowded and more crowded, um, which they replicated in the, in the stage by doing like a, with a screen and, and playing the video of that scene and then the actors would walk in and then they would come into the the screen and that was pretty cool so i guess what i'm trying to say basically my idea is that i would love for someone to do try to do a marx brothers type comedy now i'm um, not mm-hmm. like biopic or anything like that but just more like just trying to revive the the style um Kind of like how they did with the Three Stooges movie, which most people hate, but I think it's hilarious. So I would mm-hmm. love to see that done with Marx Brothers. Mm, I haven't seen that. Uh, yeah, my idea is that if you could kind of do a, uh, you could kind of do a spin on uh, sort of a mockumentary of this, uh, mm. this you could have sort of a, a reality show where they're because there was this whole reality show called utopia where they were sort of forming this ideal supposedly ideal government only ideal society and only lasted like a month not very long but um (laughs) but if you know and so if you had that kind of thing and i think if you had uh sasha baron cohen as oh the kind of leader of this reality tv kind of thing and everybody sort of taking it really seriously and you'd have sort of the mockumentary interviews like you do uh with like a christopher guest film is sort of what i was thinking Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. kind of feel uh and i i love you know that whole cast of of people of characters from the christopher guest movies you could could get Mm -hmm. Catherine o'hara in you could get jane lynch uh Jennifer Coolidge, that whole group. And I think it could be really funny. And uh, I think uh, that Sasha Baron Cohen, I think is very similar, I think in energy to a uh, Groucho Marx. Oh, wow, that's an interesting direction. Um, I just hearing you say Catherine O'Hara and uh, Jennifer Coolidge, I feel like, either of those two would be so good and funny as the kind of like the rich lady character, right? Yeah. Um, So yeah, so that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. It would be really funny. And I mean, everybody's super excited about Catherine O'Hara now because of Schitt's Creek, but, but Mm -hmm. I've loved her ever, you know, I've loved her ever since home alone. Uh, She's been great. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I just, I love all those Christopher Guest movies. I don't know if you've ever gotten to see any of them, but 
I love mm-hmm. Best in Show is my favorite. Best in it, Show is so funny. So Fred funny. Willard is so funny in Best in Show. <laughs> he is so good. I remember uh, Roger Ebert said that he felt like uh, he should have been nominated that year, and I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I agree as well. He's so funny. Yeah, and I love Jennifer Coolidge in that one. She's so funny as mm-hmm. this dating this uh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah the rich the old the rich, rich man. man yeah yeah and so eugene levy he's great in those and uh i think i think christopher guest did he pass away maybe no um fred willard passed away okay uh, <laughs> but uh, uh we haven't had one in a while uh of those yeah. kind of, and i would love to uh i would You're love right. to get more he did do he, i think he did an hbo show uh a couple of, must have been about five years ago now but it didn't really it wasn't very oh, successful yeah. um but, yeah he's still uh, alive 72 yeah. uh but yeah i love a mighty wind i love mighty Wind's waiting great for, waiting for guffman is is really funny uh for your consideration isn't as funny but it has some hilarious bits in there that i love mm-hmm. uh yeah. so yeah, you're right. He did the mascots, which I didn't see. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. I didn't see that either. But I think tapping into that kind of energy, I think, would be really, really funny. Mm-hmm. I am all in favor of just more broad comedies. Um, I feel like, you know, we. I mean, we get TV shows nowadays, but there aren't really a lot of, like, really pure comedy movies being made anymore i feel like maybe like adam sandler on netflix is the closest thing and that's not really my favorite uh vibe so yeah yeah, i just would really see a resurgence of of like really funny stuff that is just meant to be silly and funny you know yeah i mean i'm just trying to think of the last time that i uh, saw a movie that you know really had me in stitches like really laughing hard uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of romantic comedies there's a lot of you know dramedies uh, mm-hmm. those kinds of things I mean something I'm trying to think uh, I mean Game Night is one that was I think really really funny uh, but uh, but anyway yeah it's something you don't get that often and I feel like yeah. especially mm-hmm in with the the last administration people have just kind of lost their guts uh <laughs> to, to make jokes and uh saturday night live has been abysmal in my opinion the yeah. the last couple of years it's been really bad uh so yeah it, it's uh it's definitely something that mm-hmm. uh to to consider so anyway uh that was my remake idea Mm -hmm. i'd be curious to to see what you think of the three stooges movie that they did i think in Mm -hmm. 2012 the ferrelli brothers did it yeah did it and um it's very very dumb in in its humor like the three stooges themselves Mm -hmm. um but i've I watched it earlier this year and I thought it was, I was just rolling with laughter. When you said that, I was thinking, when's the last time that happened to me? And it was like, it was with the three stooges. That was so funny. Mm -hmm. It was so dumb, but I think it was just so funny. Yeah. Um, So I'd be curious to see if you uh, like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I guess that's it for our conversation on duck soup. Uh, Rachel, do you want to tell us what we're doing next time? So, 
uh, I'm excited about it because we recently had the passing of Olivia de Havilland, uh, and uh, she uh, was in a movie called The Heiress, and it's something that I've long wanted to watch and check out, and it's on the Criterion channel, so I'm going to, I've never seen it, so it's a, it's, it's a little bit one of those, uh, we don't know exactly what to expect, but uh but yeah, I'm excited to see it. I think mm-hmm. she won an Oscar for this movie. So yes. I'm very curious to to check it out. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. All I know is that she won an Oscar for it and that it's based in a play. So I'm excited um, mm-hmm. as well. William Wyler, director. He's a great director. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what we're going to see next month or next episode. Great. Um, so that brings an end to our show. Please subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us um, get the show out there and, uh, you know, beat the Apple Podcast algorithm. So yes, if you help please. us with that, we would be very uh, appreciated. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at CriterionPod and you can follow me on Twitter at Coco Hits New York. And Rachel, where can people find you? Yes, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Been putting a lot of reviews out, so make sure to check that out. I'm going to be starting up my fifth year doing Disney Scares Month on my channel for Family Movie Night. So every week there'll be a little bit spookier Disney review, which I'm really excited about. And then also you can find me at the Hallmarkies podcast where uh, we are gearing up, getting ready to, to start our Christmas coverage, if you can believe it, even though it's just barely going to be October. Uh, it's starting and we're really looking forward to it. And so make sure that you're subscribed over there, Hallmarkies podcast. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have lots of coverage. It's going to be great. Great. That all sounds great. Mm -hmm. Um, The holiday season is upon us, or at least it is for the whole month. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah, if you can believe it, there are going to be six movies just on uh, on Hallmark Channel before, uh, on or before Halloween. Wow. Six well, movies. you know, that's just how much people love Christmas these days. That's right. So it will be fun. But yeah, let us know your thoughts on this one. We'd love to hear uh, of Duck Soup. I'll also put a link down to my blind spot review that I did of Duck Soup uh, in uh, 2017. Uh, so you can check that out if you want to read my written review of the film. Fantastic. So. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. It's the Criterion. It's the Criterion. 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 N. 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 Criterion.